BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. I'm back. Really? Philadelphia? We're doing this podcast in the same location, which we didn't get to do last week. You're going through uh, Indianapolis withdrawal? Yeah, I really miss it. It's a lovely city. It's okay. It's fine. I like Indianapolis. It was a good week. It was definitely a good week uh, in terms of work. You know, I I got a lot accomplished, I think. Kind of got a sense of a lot of different things around the league and, and with the Eagles in particular. Um, I think the biggest surprise of the week was that there seems like there's actually a chance Jason Peters is back. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but I guess we have to start with, you know, free agency is looming. We're only a couple weeks away from the tampering period, which is really where it begins. And that'll start midnight on the 16th. Mm -hmm. And then free agency will start 4 p.m. on the 18th, actual free agency. Um, If teams have, are announcing deals at 12.01 on the 16th, we're not announcing them, but they're leaking out. Somebody's been tampering illegally. Oh, there, there will be tampering. Well, that's what the combine is. The combine is really an illegal tampering, you know. It is, and, but this year it was a little bit less of that uh, because of the timing. There's an extra week before the starter for agency, and because the new CBA isn't in place. And until that's in place, you can't really get too deep in any contract talk because you got to try to figure out how much money you're going to have. Uh, so it, it was a weird combine because of those two things, but still some tampering going on. And, and really, there's a little bit of tampering, but it's also a chance to kind of get in front of your own free agents and see if you can't figure out something to keep those guys here. Um, and that's really a big part of it. Some What you see on TV is the, the prospect part of the combine, but there's so much more that goes into that week. Yeah, and I think the Eagles are in a pretty good position with their own free agents that I don't think – I don't know if any of them are guys that they must have back. Guys they want back. There'll be guys they'll sure. bring back, but I don't think there's that one guy you're like they have to have they have back. to have this guy back. That's fair. So I think they're in a position of strength where they're not gonna have to overpay for anyone, certainly. Yeah, I agree with that. I guess I should mention this is the Eagle Eye Podcast. You didn't mention that? I didn't mention that. All right, why don't you mention it? This is the Eagle Eye Podcast. You already mentioned that. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm Dave Zangaro. Uh he is Ruben Frank. And let's start, I guess, with that big kind of big umbrella idea that the Eagles are going to spend a little bit in free agency this year. They they said as much, and that's kind of the sense I got from being an Indie 2, kind of talking to people who are involved in these things, that, yeah, they're going to have money to spend, and they're going to spend it. And it kind of gets back to what Howie Roseman actually said publicly, that they're not just looking for one-year rental type of players. They're going to try to get younger players on longer-term deals, and when you do that, you're going to have to pay a little bit more. Yeah, but it's not our money. Um, they have the money to spend. And I think that free agency kind of lines up with their needs. I mean, this whole offseason is really about two things. It's about cornerback and wide receiver. And they have other needs, and they certainly could use a pass rusher, and, and we'll talk about that. But really, when you think about it, it's – I mean, you can kind of just really focus on those two areas, whether you're talking about the draft or free agency. And fortunately for the Eagles, those those two positions line up as, as positions they can really – you know, if they do the right thing, make tremendous inroads into resolving. Yeah, I think their top priority in free agency is going to be cornerback. In free agency, I would agree. Right? I, I think they look – and they're kind of looking at it the same way we all are, that the cornerback market in free agency is better than the draft, and the draft in terms of wide receivers is better than the free agent market. And the cornerback market in free agency is better than the wide receiver market in free exactly. agency. Yeah. So it all kind of lines up. But other teams see that too. So sometimes you do have to deviate from the plan because if there are a bunch of corners that people want and the price tags start to go skyrocket and – 
you kind of have to sometimes zig when they zag and, and vice versa. But there are other positions they need in free agency, or at least they should be interested in. Linebacker, obviously one of them. They're not going to spend big, but they're going to need to bring somebody in. I think defensive line is important. They need to figure out the third tackle. They probably need more depth at defensive end. Uh, they probably need to figure out offensive tackle. Yeah. I mean, if Jason Peters is back, then Dillard's your top backup, and that's a good situation. But if Peters is gone, now you're in a situation where you have your two starters, but you don't have any backups, really. Yeah. Assuming uh, Vitae leaves in free agency. Which I think we're all assuming. Yeah. Um, then you have, you know, you have a rugby player who who knows. Exactly. So there are other positions. I mean, we've gotten so hyper-focused on – cornerback and receiver but they have other positions of need too yeah and both lines are older so that's something they at some point they're going to really have to address both those things although they took barnett and they took dillard and you know barnett's okay at best so he's far solid. he's been okay um dillard who knows why, why if you believe in dillard are you even talking about jason peters so there's a there's a, certainly a lot. It's going to be a really interesting offseason, but I, I think if they can, all things being equal, if they can, if they can really attack receiver and cornerback, receiver in a draft, cornerback in, in free agency, I think they're, they'll be on their way to having a successful offseason. Fair enough. Um, it is interesting. Every, uh, not everyone, but a lot of NFL personnel people you talk to always say they wish the draft was before free agency. And that would kind of make more sense from a team-building perspective. It would be bad for players, and that's why it'll never flip. They've gotten it this way by, you know, the high contracts go out before the draft. Yeah. Otherwise, you'd the money would be – like the, the changing hands of that money would be a little different than it is. So it'll never change. But from a team-building perspective, I think teams would want to have the draft first. No question about it. You can spend all this money on – on a free agent corner and then you get to the draft and the corner that you covet drops down to where you are and you know what, what do you do it it's it certainly changes the whole equation but um this is a system we have and it's not going to change at least for the next 10 years so yeah. so uh yeah it's gonna be fascinating let's go through and and each pick one free agent that you think the eagles are going to end up with yeah, I really think it's all pointing to Byron Jones. And, you know, there are some options there if they don't want to spend the money, but they have the money. Uh, he, he's a weird guy because he's he's such a solid cover corner, um, but he hasn't had the interceptions. He just hasn't had the numbers, uh, and this team certainly needs somebody who can turn the ball over. They just haven't had that. Um, their interceptions have been really, really low um, over the last few years, even the Super Bowl season, they didn't get a ton of, uh, of, of picks. I mean, they did from – they have from linebacker. I mean, Jordan Hicks is the last guy who had a big – He had five, right? He had five one year. Um, but, I mean, the, the last the last corner with with more than three interceptions in the season. I think I think uh, Patrick Robinson had four as a slot mm-hmm. in, in 17. Before that, you have to go back to Brandon Boykin and his kind of – He had five? He had, he had six. He had six. He had six. But he was also, I mean, he wasn't even a starter. He was a slot guy. But as far as their outside corners, they need production. But I think what you get with Byron Jones, and I know the whole Cowboy thing, I, I don't care. You get the best players you can get. I don't care where they come from. I know there's kind of a jinx on Cowboys coming here. Hasn't been good. It doesn't go well, but I don't think you can really – you can't make evaluations based on that. You have to do what's best for your team. And I, I think a guy like Byron Jones, you put him out there – and and you're just not going to have to worry about that spot. And I know we said the same thing about Byron Maxwell, and we said the same thing about Namdi, and we said the same thing about Dominique Rogers-Cromartie, and probably a bunch of other cornerbacks. But I just think you have to do what you think is best, and uh, you you can't you can't be reticent to sign a big ticket free agent just because the last couple you you signed didn't work out. On the flip side of that, you can't just I'm a little devil's advocate here. You can't just sign the top free agent at the position you need because you have money and because you need it. I mean, you're, anyway, you're going to overspend for free agents, but what if the price tag is just so outlandish that you end up really overspending for this guy and he's not as good as you think he is and well, he, he, he doesn't get interceptions? Yeah, I mean, I, well, first of all, I think he can get interceptions. I mean, if you're, if you're covering, you know, I mean, if you're where you should be, the ball's going to come to you. 
Um, but I, I think the Eagles are really in a position where there's not a lot of teams that can outbid them. And uh, yeah, certainly there's a number you don't want to go over. I'm not going to give a guy $22 million a year, but uh, I, I think they're in a position where they can really be competitive for him. Now, if their scouts don't, you know, I mean, certainly they have more at their disposal than we do when they're evaluating Byron Jones. Uh, if they think the interception thing is um, too much of a red flag, I mean, there's other decent corners out there that aren't going to cost as much. But um, And it's hard. It's hard to look at it outside the context of Namdi. you know. It really is. I mean, he was a sure thing. He was a sure thing. He was all pro the year before. Yeah. First team all pro. Um, he was coming off three straight Pro Bowls. I mean, he was more accomplished than – and he was only 29. Mm-hmm. I think Byron Jones is 27. I think he's 26. I think he'll be 27 by the opener maybe, something like that. But um, Oh, he is 27. I'm he sorry. is 27, yeah. yeah. So, And when does he turn 28? September. Okay. So he's – But know, you should be able to sign him for a three-, four-year deal and four feel year comfortable. Four-year deal, you should feel comfortable. Um Knowing that the fourth year might not happen. Yeah, it, but it is. I mean, it's hard for me, and I'm not the guy writing the check. Um, I don't think they actually write checks. I don't give a guy like a check for $60 million. It's probably direct deposit, I would think. No? Oh, I think they get checks. Really? Yeah. They get actual checks? Yeah, like game checks. I don't know about the bonus money. I don't think they get game. They get direct deposit. When you see the guys on Mondays with their envelope, it's just the, yeah, it's the, it's it's the it's receipt. Yeah, it's the pay stuff. Yeah, it's pay stuff. I don't know if you have to. It used to be. I don't know if you have to get direct deposit, though. I think you do. Why would you have to get direct deposit? I think that's the way um, the bank has it set up. I talk, I, I talked to somebody. At, no, I don't know. I have no idea. You should be able to. I mean, I would never. You would lose it <laughs> if they gave you a check. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate the vote of confidence, <laughs> but you're right. Yeah, but in any case, right. um, it's hard. It, honestly, it is hard to to look at Byron Jones outside the context of Nobdi. Uh, I mean, it's it's been nine years. Uh, and you would think that they're beyond that, but uh, it's hard not to think about it. It is. I, I do agree with you that um, all signs point to cornerback. The guy I kind of like is James Bradbury, just because I'll take the second guy yeah. in line. You know, we all kind of know Byron Jones is going to get paid, paid, and I'm not sure that the drop-off in play is going to be um, in line with the drop-off in price. There's a few things to like about Bradbury. He's a little younger. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets picks um, two, he or, two or three a year, so you feel good about that. Um, I don't. I'm not sure if he's as good as Byron Jones, but I mean, certainly he might not be. At least not yet. But he is young. He I is think young. He can get better. Um, Carolina doesn't seem to be real interested in mm-hmm. getting into a bidding war for him. I think they have other needs, and they don't have a, a ton of cap space like the Eagles do. Um, I'd be perfectly fine with him. I think he's a he's a real good option. Yeah, and they have other options. Um, there are some other interesting names out there. Some more bargain bin guys, like a guy like Kendall Fuller from Kansas City. I mean, that's an option. A uh, couple corners from Minnesota. They're going to have to figure out their situation. So th- there are other options. I do think they're going to be in on Byron Jones, though. I think that makes a lot of sense. He's the top guy to position they haven't been able to lock down for years. And you're right, they can't be too scared about failing at that position before. Maybe you, you like take lessons from the past failures. You try to figure out why it didn't work with those other guys. But if their scouts come back to them and say, no, this is the best guy, you got to go for it. I remember somebody in the organization after they cut Namdi or, or late that second year. And he was, he was adequate the first year, like barely adequate. I mean, he wasn't a lap, but that second year, he he, it was just a, yeah. it was embarrassment. Um, he did have three picks that first year, and he, you know, he was he was just so slow. But I remember somebody in the organization telling me, you know, every team in the league wanted Namdi. It, it's yeah. it's not like we went out on a limb here with him. Um, if you watch his film from two thousand, his last season before he came here, I think it was two thousand ten. They said his film was incredible. Um, I wonder how much with Nomdi was just, you know, he wanted to get into acting and maybe his heart wasn't in it anymore. He's on Broadway now. He's an incredible actor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. Um, Makes that, all Eagles fans feel a lot better that he's on Broadway. <laughs> no, at least he's. He's on Broadway if you want to go and throw tomatoes at him. Don't do that. Do that. I don't care. What am I saying? Nomdi's one of my favorite guys. He's I'll, a really interesting guy. I'll never say anything to. bad about Nomdi the person because I, I just think the world of him. Uh, but boy, he sucked. Yeah. 
He sucked. And if you wanted to say something bad about him, the person, he might have sucked because he wasn't into it anymore. Yeah. Which is kind of stealing stealing money. I didn't really sense that. Yeah. I I sensed that he was frustrated. I think he just couldn't run. And I think when you're a cornerback, the difference between, you know, that you lose that one step, you just can't play anymore. It's a scary thing. And when you look at the ages of some of the other cornerbacks on the market. Like Chris Harris. Chris Harris. Josh Norman, certainly. Yeah. Uh, even Logan Ryan, 29. Yeah. You know, you wonder if you sign these guys to a deal, at what point do their bodies give out? Now, there are some corners who play forever, you know? Um, Ronald Darby. It's, <laughs> uh, not Ronald Darby. Uh, but, like, a guy like Jonathan Joseph in with the Texans, 36. He's not very good anymore, but yeah. he kept his speed for a long time, and you just never know, and that's the toughest part about um, – you, you can project skill set. You can project – fit in in defense but you just can't figure out necessarily when a guy's body's gonna let out on him yeah i think about Lido. Lido was 27 when he played his last season here i mean he was like the last homegrown great eagles cornerback and yeah. they were ready to move on because he couldn't run yeah it happens yeah any other guys cornerbacks or otherwise that you have your eye on i mean i think chris harris is a good player still but that you know yeah that that was one that would have made sense uh during those runs you know if last year or the year before if they wanted to trade for him mid-season i thought that was a real possibility but um, yeah. at this point i and he's still a pretty good player he might not be a, a pro bowler anymore but he's still pretty good so um but how long i mean if you get him for a two-year deal, maybe. I, yeah, I would do a two-year deal with him. Yeah. But I think I don't think anyone's going to do more than that anyway. I guess. I just don't think that's their MO this offseason. No, I agree. I, although what Howie says and what he does aren't always the same thing. That's fair. So we'll see. But then he'd have to justify signing another old guy. Yeah, he would. What do you think? We haven't talked about him much. Um, what do you think about Mari Cooper? And I'm kind of going off the, the path here a little bit. Just yeah. because we talked about another cowboy, and he's, but the Cowboys have both of the two top free agents at the two positions the Eagles need the most. Yeah, it's funny. To me, like he's a he's a great player. Yeah, he's he's a very good player. Um, I I mean I think the the fact that the draft is so deep at wide receiver, I mean I certainly would rather, um, you know would rather go that route if you can get one of those guys certainly the LSU kid uh, you know either the Alabama kids the Oklahoma kid I don't think you're going to get no matter how high you you move up but um, could you go first round wide receiver and sign Amari Cooper? You could I mean you kind of need an overhaul the position Yeah you do. The only receivers they have under contract are what Alshon Deshaun and uh, J.J. Arcega Whiteside Uh, other than like your Greg Wards and Deontay Burnett's and sure yeah I mean those are that's it yeah and we kind of know the situation with Alshon Deshaun is getting up there you think JJ can't play yeah. <laughs> wow just hits him with can't play well yeah let me he, he hasn't been able to play so far okay fair so yeah they kind of need a massive overhaul so I don't think it's unrealistic that they double dip in free agency and then the draft I think it's probably more likely they go a little more bargain bin in free agency and then use a top pick in the draft. But if Amari Cooper hits the market and you're Howie Roseman, you got to at least look at it. Um, yeah, right? I, I think you have to. He's, he's 25. He's really good. Yeah, he is. We're talking about a Pro Bowl player who might not even be in his prime yet. Uh, I would love to see. Imagine Carson Wentz having Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb instead of J.J. Arcega Whiteside and Deontay Burnett. I mean, it's... And the Eagles have to prioritize getting Carson Wentz weapons. They've signed into this big contract. They've got to get the most out of him while they have him. You really, you think Dallas is going to let him go? I mean, obviously, um, Dak has to be their number one priority. I don't. I But the closer we get here, and, and I bet you the Cowboys are kind of hoping the CBA thing gets figured out yeah. because free agency is getting here close, and they have – three of the biggest pending free agents in the world. Yeah. Um, eventually, my thought is they let Byron Jones walk. They sign either Dak or Amari Cooper, and they franchise tag the other. But 
We're getting close now. Yeah. Um, I've thought all along that they'll be able to come to a long-term deal with Dak and then they would franchise Amari and let Byron Jones go. I'll tell you what. If, if they sign Amari to a long-term deal and franchise Dak, to me that says they're not completely all in on Dak. Because if you're all in on Dak, you sign him. But Dak's also looking for you know, $35 million a year. He's your guy. You sign him. He, yeah. And I, I've always said their problem was going to come when it was time to pay Dak because I, I look, I think he's a serviceable quarterback. I think he's pretty good. I don't think he's worth a hundred million dollar contract, but that's what you're going to have to pay him to keep him. Well, they could end up in a, in a Kirk Cousins Washington situation where we well, are a guy for now, but I, I don't know if we're long term what we want. I think he's better than that. And he's a little better than serviceable. You think he's better than Kirk Cousins? I do. I think Dak's better than Kirk okay. Cousins. I think they're comparable. Okay. Yeah, I think Dak's a little better than Kirk Cousins. I think he's a little more clutch. Okay. That's I mean, that's fair. I guess. I don't know. I, I, I think they're comparable players and I I think at least the situations are comparable in that you're gonna have to pay this guy more than what he's worth and are you willing to do that? Washington ultimately in a, I mean, they, they did it year to year with that franchise tag, but they weren't willing to break the bank for him, and then the situation soured, and they they moved on. I ultimately think Dak ends up as a Cowboy long-term, but it's interesting to think about the possibilities if he isn't. 97 touchdowns, 36 picks in four years, 40 and 24, 66% completion. I mean, I don't think he's... I, mean, I think he's a top ten quarterback. You know. Yeah, taking everything into account. Okay, he's twenty six. The other part of this is they paid Zeke, and at some point, I think Zeke is going to fall off a cliff. I would agree. Just the way he plays, and and Zeke is so important to Dak's success. Yeah, that when Zeke falls off, I think it leaves the quarterback exposed a little bit. Yeah, Zeke's got. Um, Almost twelve hundred rushes in three in four years, <laughs> and yeah. you know, and he's still look. He's still a really good player. Yeah, but I already think we're starting to see some of the effects of that wear and tear. A yeah, pretty good year last year: thirteen hundred mm-hmm. yards, four point five. Yeah, twelve touchdowns. Yeah, no, he's still a really. But good But there's going to be a year soon where he averages like three nine. You know, yeah, I, I don't know how sustainable it is, and they paid him. Yeah, they did. Uh, I think they have to sign. They have to sign Dak. But we'll see. It's going to be interesting. We got off the rails there a little bit. A little bit. Uh, let's let's kind of. It was fun though. It was fun. Let's rein it back in. I want to talk about Yannick Ngakwe from Jacksonville. Uh, came out this week that the Jaguars plan on franchise tagging him, and then about the same time he releases a a tweet thanking the Jaguars fans for his time and uh, saying he no longer has the desire to sign a long long term deal there. Interesting situation. It kind of reminds me of the Frank Clark deal last year where he was tagged and then traded a month later so to me Ngakwe is one of the top he was going to be one of the top free agents on the market certainly a guy who should have interested the Eagles because he's young he's good he would fit their scheme uh, and he might still be getting better and all that's still true but now if you want him it looks like you're gonna have to trade for him yeah, um, I mean, I think the Jaguars fully intend to trade him. He, the kid's 24. It's amazing. He's got 37 and a half sacks. I, I looked up, uh, we talked about him on Slants the other day, and I looked up the most sacks any Eagle has ever had before his 25th birthday. And it's Reggie White had like 13. He was okay. Yeah. Um, he he'd also played in the USFL before that, so he would have had more. Uh, Andy Harmon had 11, and somebody else had like 10. But, um, I mean, he, he would be... This guy has averaged, you know, almost ten sacks a year. Not, you know, nine and a half sacks a year. He goes, and he's a pressure guy too. And he's twenty four. And he's a pressure guy. It's not like the sacks are it. Yeah. I mean, he he's hard worker, good locker room guy. I'm not going to give you a ton, a ton against of, the run. But I think he can get better. I just, I don't think it's like a liability against the run. He's not not going to give you a lot against the run. Okay, but but uh, I, I I love the player and I love the fact that he's twenty four. How many guys hit free agency at twenty four? Not many. Unrestricted. Young when he came in the league. Um, in that respect, kind of like Derek Barnett, he was young when he got drafted. Um, that year was Barnett and Sidney Jones were very young. 
And that right. was kind of an intriguing thing to the Eagles that they would possibly have a chance to sign these great players. Especially with, with Sydney, they're like, well, you know, when he does play, he'll he'll still yeah. only be 22. Yeah. Solid thought thought process but yeah made sense work. at the time um no i really like the player and they they really need an infusion of youth at, at pass rusher and um you know it's kind of discouraging that we're talking about bringing back jason peters because Derek, you know because um you're not in love with uh, andre dillard and, and going out and getting a young pass rusher because um Derek barnett hasn't really blossomed the way you had hoped and That's barnett's your... still a, a solid player like i don't want to he's pretty good He's okay. Okay. Well, how many sacks does he have? In th- I, I think his problem ha- has been the inability to stay healthy. Well, that's a problem. Uh, no, I, I agree. Um, 14 sacks in three years. Um, he's only a year younger than Ngankwe, mm-hmm. who's got 37 and a half sacks. Um, yeah, he's, he's not that good. He's not as good as Ngakwe, but he, yeah. he's, he's, he's a solid player. And I think that you get to the point now with Brandon Graham where he's getting older. Um, he's got one year after 2020 on his deal. And at that point, who knows? But I can't imagine he's going to be still. Even if he's here, he's going to be a situational guy. You would think so. He, he would maybe stick around as a, a rotational type player. So you need studs. You need studs on that defensive line. And this is a way to get one. Um, you, the problem here is price because you'd have to first part with – draft picks to get him and the second part is you're gonna if you're gonna do that you also want to sign to a long-term deal it would kind of be a package deal you you have to trade him and sign trade for him and sign him um the deal is going to be what the deal is i I think we the value is there the eagles are going to have to pay him top dollar maybe a little less than if he hits the open market and you have a bunch of teams bidding but not much less what would you give up for him that's the big question um you look at the Frank Clark last year, the Frank Clark deal last year, a first-round pick went. So I guess that's where Jacksonville is going to start. They're going to want – not doing that. They're going to – well, yeah, but they're going to want a first-round pick. Yeah. What do you come back with? So let's say I'm Jacksonville and I say, you want Yannick Ngakwe, I need a first-round pick. Uh, I was going to say a, a six and a seven, but <laughs> you can now trade conditional or um, comp, com, compensatory picks. You can. I mean, would you give up a two and something else? A two and a four? That's a lot. It's a lot, but you're getting a guy who you know is very good. He might be getting better. Got a He's real need there. really young. Would you do a two and a four if you could agree on the number on the contract numbers? I probably would. I, I'd maybe try to flip a later pick, make you feel like you won, you know? Get something back. Yeah, like I'll give you two and a four. Let's flip fives. Something like that. Um, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, and I'm always kind of on the side. I I think that I'm a little different in that I I'm a little trade first. Like I I like the idea of trading for known commodities. Um, I I I just think the draft picks, while they are certainly valuable, and I think that ultimately that's the way you build a successful team. They're kind of like new cars. The second you drive them off the lot, they lose value. Yeah, um, I, I I do think it's almost like with with Ngakwe, it's almost like drafting him because he's so young. Yeah, it, it's like drafting a guy, but you know you have to pay him. You don't get the benefit of the rookie scale. True. Which is a big benefit. Yeah. But with what we kind of expect a salary cap to do in coming years, I think there would also be a benefit of signing him this year as opposed to next year or the year after. That's true, too. You lock him in with this current mindset of the new, of the, the current CBA instead of whatever crazy prices are going to come in two, three years. Now, if you if you draft a receiver in the first round, trade your second round pick, um, it really, you know, I mean, you pretty much have to go out and get a corner in free agency. Because, yeah. I mean, the second round is where you're going to get, you know, draft your corner. Uh, you don't have that pick. But, I mean, I do think pass rusher is, if not as big a need as cornerback, it's really, it's really close. It's a big need, and I think it's kind of flown under the radar because we've spent so much time talking about receiver and corner. But And I guess it, part of the reason they're bringing back their two starters from last year, but uh, Vinny Curry's probably going to be gone. And if he's not, so what, really? 
Josh Sweat. Five sacks he did, last year. Yeah, no, he, he, he played fine. Josh Sweat has shown flashes, but can't rely on him. Jannard Avery couldn't get on the field. I know he needs an offseason, but I'll believe that when I see it. Joe Osman. He's coming on. Who else you got? His rehab's going great. I like Joe Osman, but like... So I actually had a conversation about Joe Osman this week, and I think the hurdle for him is that I would use him as a stand-up pass rusher, like a a stand-up third-down pass rusher, and that's kind of what Jannard Avery does. Yeah. And they trade of the pick to get him so yeah who do you think the last eagles defensive end 25 or under to have seven sacks in a season was oh you, you cut it off with barnett like six and a half last year <laughs> that's right uh, well, i was gonna say 10 but you can go down to seven i mean it was trent cole okay 2007 i should have gotten that but he was a fifth round pick as far as guys they drafted you know, with a with a premium pick, first, second, or third round, you go back to Mike Mamula in 1996. Do you have like a a clause in your contract that you get paid every time you bring up Mamula? Mamula? Yeah. Uh, like a little bank account? I don't get paid extra whenever I mention Mike Mamula. <laughs> Who's your favorite player from Boston College? Don't say Doug Brzezinski because mine <laughs> is Mike Mamula. I do think he's the most misunderstood player one of the most misunderstood players in the Eagles history that's fair but you know I mean you look at his production yet you know he had 31 sacks in five years are you going to get that out of Derek Barnett probably not no he's behind pace before that you have to look at you know you're looking at Clyde Simmons and I mean it's just they just haven't had young defensive haven't had good pass rushers would be a, a great one I think he would really fit so at least pick up the phone Howie Right? And I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Uh, let's move on to something that's not going to happen. It's just it's just not. You wrote about it, and we're going to talk about it, but it's not going to happen. Wait, did I write about it, or did I just tweet about it? No, you, 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 you wrote about it. No one read it. <laughs> no, nobody read it. Um, uh, Nick Foles. And you, it's something you have to write. The guy's a Super Bowl MVP for this team three years ago, two and a half years ago. Probably going to be traded. Yeah, and it's not going to be to Philadelphia. No, it won't, and uh, or traded or released because that contract is. I mean, he's you know you're looking at what fifteen million, fourteen million, and twenty million left on that deal. Big deal. Here's a guy who um, what was that four years, eighty eight. Yeah, whole contract? four years, eighty eight. Um, and I mean, something like fifty million of it was guaranteed. Uh, do you think he'll retire? With Nick, like you never know. I don't think he will. I think he still wants to play. I don't know where he ends up, though. I, I think one situation that would make sense to me is Indianapolis. Yeah. Especially, I, I think there's a chance they draft a quarterback and sign, and get Nick Foles and then see what happens. Yeah, they seem to be pretty clear on moving forward from Jacoby Brissett. Who is, I, I think, a, a good backup option. He had four touchdowns in our last nine games. Yeah. And good start, and he got hurt. Foles will have changed teams after the 2014, 15, 16, 18, and 19 seasons. Let me ask you this. What if the Jaguars cut him? So now you don't have to worry about that salary anymore. Yeah. This is kind of me playing devil's advocate again. He wants to come back to Philadelphia because he loves Philadelphia. He does love Philadelphia. He loves the coaching staff. He loves his teammates. He loves the city. He Uh loves Carson Wentz. Loves him. Would you entertain the idea no not at all because you know the first time Carson throws an incomplete pass we want false we want false it's not that Carson's mentally weak or anything um, but I just don't think you put you just don't create that situation and honestly I don't know who Nick Foles is as a quarterback I don't think anyone does yeah, I, I don't. I think when when you're looking for a backup, and obviously he's had success as a backup here, but I don't want to say any of that was a fluke. The Super Bowl is, and you don't win a Super Bowl by a fluke. But you know, 2013 happened. Um, he's had some incredible moments. I, I sat there in Oakland Alameda Stadium watching him throw seven touchdowns in a game. Um, I, but again, this is a guy who's never played a full season. He's never. I mean, the guy's won. So eleven games in the last five years, you know. So um, I, I just think there's so many. I just don't think anyone has any idea. I wouldn't be surprised if he retires. He's made, he's probably made eighty million dollars. 
Um, he, you know, we know he maybe maybe less than that, but probably less. Um, we know he wants to become a pastor. We know he's very, you know, very um, serious about about that, about studying for for that. Um, I believe he has um, a baby on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 you know, he almost retired after that awful season with the Rams. And over the cap, he's made sixty-one million. Yeah, so there you go. That's a lot. Um, yeah, but um, that includes all the guaranteed money in Jacksonville. Um, but yeah, he, so I, I might, you know what? If I had to guess, I think he's going to retire. I could see Belichick signing him, going after him. How about that? That'd be a story. I could see that. So what would be your... And then Brady coming here, and then they play each other in the Super Bowl. <laughs> your top landing spots for Nick I mean, Indianapolis makes the most sense. Oh, um, Tennessee. I was thinking Chicago with Nagy. Okay. You know, could be in play. Um, they might lose Chase Daniel. Be, I don't know how they're going to get It's all kind of injured. Chase. Chase Daniel, I would... You know what? I would feel more comfortable with Chase Daniel as my backup than Nick right now. I just think there's so much. I think it'd be really I, like I, I get why you're saying that. It'd be really but the football side of that statement makes my brain hurt. I know, but I just think with with Nick bringing him back here, it would put him in such an impossible situation. If he does come into a game, if Carson does get hurt again, then now the expectations are you know, oh, go win another Super Bowl. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think you can recreate what happened two years ago and I don't think you're going to and I you know I hope he has great success wherever he goes but I just feel like they they need to go in a different direction I, I just think nothing good can come out of you know can come out of this they just win another Super Bowl yeah <laughs> but, yeah no I, I get what you're saying there that it and I not even think about it from Nick's perspective like I think a lot of people think I think that's a good point I think a lot of people understand that for Carson like that puts him in a tough spot but you're right it would put Nick in a tough spot too right. because the expectations if if Carson gets hurt and he's the backup that Nick's just gonna go to the Super Bowl again and that's kind of unfair yeah yeah so I, I think you can't um you can't try to recreate the past and I, I think this season this offseason has to be about moving forward moving on uh, I just you know, I wish him well. I, I hope he has success wherever he goes. He's one of my favorite guys, um, but uh, it's not going to be here. Speaking about moving on, yes, let's talk about Andre Dillard. Okay, and we hit this while I was in Indianapolis last week. The day the Eagles said they weren't exactly sure where they were going to do it, left tackle. I'll say this: if Jason Peters is back in twenty twenty. He might be their best option, but that's pretty damning. Yeah. If you have a a kid who he's not a young kid, he's about twenty five. He's twenty four. Twenty four. He'll be twenty five. Yeah, at some point. That's how that works in October. Uh, in in his second year, it was a first round pick. Came in with the idea that there was no one more ready to pass protect, which is really the thing that normally holds young tackles back. If you don't play him in his second year, there's something wrong. Yeah, there's something wrong. And, uh, you know, he I, I thought he played well those three games at left tackle. Uh, obviously, the Seattle game when they tried him at right tackle was a disaster. I wonder how much they take that into account when they're evaluating him. Um, I didn't like his attitude going into that game. Uh, he came across as soft. He came across as I don't really want to go over there, and I'll do my best. But to me, he came off as entitled. A little bit, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, so maybe even though he played well at left tackle, that whole experience maybe they, it, it kind of it didn't help turn turn them off to him. But by the same token, how, if you do bring back Jason Peters, what, I mean, and and again, I think right now he's probably the better player at left tackle. How how long are you going to go with him? And at some point, you're going to have to replace him. And you drafted this kid, and he's going to be forty percent through his contract at the end of this year. Well, that's the thing. I mean, if he is the left tackle of the future, the idea would be to play him now while he's still cheap. Because if he ends up being good, he's going to cost you a lot more money. We're talking. In the at least in the late, high teens, by the time that contract talk comes around, yeah, um, 
I, did he? I thought he played well. He played again in the, like in the yeah, Buffalo game. Fine. They were running the ball at the end. They were running behind him. Uh, I, I just, yeah, I'm, I, this whole thing is kind of taking me by surprise because how he gets up there when how he said a couple of days after the season. I mean, he had th- the three things he said was number one, you can't let emotions control you. <laughs> you can't get it too attached to players. Peters, um, we have to get younger. Dillard, um, you have to trust your young players. Dillard, and then. He's going to go against all of that um, because this guy had a bad game against the, C- the Seahawks at right tackle. Um, this is a move they have to make, and uh, I, it just calls into question their whole approach if they if they take this guy and put him on the bench or, 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 or trade him for crying out loud. You know, what does that say about your whole evaluation process? Yeah, and I know the the whole thing with him during the evaluation process was they didn't think they'd be in range to get him. So apparently, at least what I was told, they didn't really – uh, do as much homework on him as they would have if they really thought he was a realistic possibility, which is a failure. Uh, if you don't know, I mean, you, you've got to do your homework. Yeah. And I, I understand you have to allocate time and you have to kind of play possibilities and, and plan for what's most realistic, but you ended up drafting this guy and you didn't know as much about him as you should have, and that that could be a problem. Yeah. But I mean, you know, Doug talks to. I mean, how he talks to Mike Leach. I, I, I don't. I'm not sure. I buy that whole thing. Um, if there were red flags, they would have well, known. I, I think they knew about him as a player. I'm not sure they had done their homework on his mental makeup. Well, I mean, that's some. Yeah, if that's the case, that's terrible. Um, that's something you you should answer before you draft them <laughs> uh so we'll see we'll see what happens um i think if the kid had played really poorly you still you still like you don't give up on a rookie after three games but he played well played well those three games at left tackle i agree with that i think it was dallas buffalo and whoever was after buffalo chicago yeah so before the uh dubai yeah have you been to dubai <laughs> <laughs> maybe you can go to dubai during dubai <laughs> Uh, what do you think is going to happen there? I don't know. And also, if there's whispers out there that they're trying to trade him, and you're Howie, and you don't come out and say that's ridiculous, now what's the kid thinking? The kid's thinking this team doesn't want me. How's he come back and play here? Unless Howie's called the kid up and said that's you know that's not true. It's a bad look. You know, before I went to the combine, I would have just definitively stated Andre Dillard starting at left tackle, but I'm not so sure. I I really don't know. Which way are you leaning there? I I'm still leaning that he's the starter, but man, it's a lot closer than it should be. Yeah, well, I mean where there's smoke, there's fire. And I, I if I had to guess right now, I'm gonna say JP is starting left tackle. But also there's what if JP doesn't want to come back? He doesn't have to sign here. He doesn't, you're right. He might be like, you know, they left me, you know, floating in the wind. I'm I'm gonna go sign with uh Jaguars protect Nick, <laughs> who's not going to be there. No, pr- protect Gardner. <laughs> uh, he could say he could tell the Eagles no, no thanks. He could. I think he'd, he'd go would, back to Buffalo. I think he'd be would, a tight end. He would come back. I do too. To but a building where he has an awful lot of power. I, I there's no doubt. But what if they trade Dillard and then Peters goes and signs with the Bills? Well, they wouldn't do that. <laughs> Guess not. I, I did want to just real quick go through a few actual combine performances sure. yeah i try to find you know we all see the the guys who kind of win at the combine the winners are losers and every year i kind of go through and find some winners who would make sense for the eagles so i'm just going to throw some names out at you and we will uh we'll bat them back and forth we'll start with offense and the first one to me is justin jefferson from from lsu most of these guys are not first round type players but jefferson is um because i'm kind of sold on if he's the guy at 21 I think they could do a lot worse. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, and I I think he's the one guy, and I think he he probably you you would know more about this than me, but I mean he wasn't really even considered a he was kind of like an a, a early second round pick. He, uh, he, he late first round, late first round, early second. But I mean I think there's no question after watching the combine that he's a first round pick now. Yeah, especially uh, with T Higgins not doing anything. Um, he's resting. Yeah, Chenault. 
hurt again, needs surgery. Rager didn't really help himself. So I, no. I think that Jefferson certainly – He leapfrogged all those guys. Yeah, I, I think he's now the best of that second group. Yeah, I think he's – I think it's closer to the first group than uh, – I think he's pretty close to those guys. Sure. But, I still think there's a, a clear top three. And then he, to me, he's the next guy. And you can argue that, but I, I think he's the next guy. And he, he, he looked good, not just – I mean, I know he, he ran faster than anybody anticipated, but, boy, he, he looked good in the receiving drills. Oh, yeah, really he looked smooth. really smooth. Yeah. He can play inside, outside, real versatile. Uh, next guy is Denzel Mims from Baylor. Ran a pretty fast time at, what, 207 pounds? 4-3-8. Yeah, I'm not sure he's going to be there when the Eagles pick with in the second round. That was kind of my thought with, the, oh, maybe this guy will be there, and I'm not so sure. Um, I think he might have tested out of that second-round range, and he's probably not worth the 21st pick, so he's probably in a little bit of a no-man's land there. Uh, next guy, Chase Claypool from Notre Dame. He's something else. Yeah, I mean, the numbers are – and this is a guy where I think any team that drafts him really has to do a deeper dive on the tape because he wasn't that good at Notre Dame. And the numbers are much better than the player, I, I think. So um, you got to kind of make sure the tools are there for him to become a better player. But, I mean, the way he tested was pretty amazing. Yeah, for, what, 6'4", six, six, 240? Yeah, and he jumped out the building. And ran a 4'3", or a 4'4", four, four, Yeah, and the jumps. 30, I mean, they were talking about him as a tight end, and he goes yeah. and runs 4'4", four, four, The jump's 38'5", on yeah. the vert. I mean, that's incredible. Or no, no, his vert was 40, 45. That's insane, 40.5. That's a heck of a jump. Um, next guy is, I'm going to butcher his name. Uh, oh, man, I feel bad for Hakeem. Good old Hakeem from Kansas. Do you know how to say his name? Adeniji? Ajira Tutu. <laughs> Hakeem Adeniji uh, from Kansas. Kind of caught my attention at 302 pounds ran a 517 there's a little bit of a split on him if he's a guard or a tackle but a mid-round possibility the eagles need some help on the o-line we know they're never shy about versatile offensive linemen and i think they're gonna at least draft one offensive lineman out of 10 i would think so so why not him and he has a name that's hard to spell and pronounce so he would fit right in and then the last guy is aj Dillon from boston college big guy yeah 247. Who else went to Boston College? Don't know. Mike Mamula. <laughs> Cha-ching. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's impossible to look at Dylan's numbers and then not think back to Derrick Henry's combine. They're exact same weight and pretty much identical in terms of a lot of these tests. And he's a big body guy. I, I, I don't know what his upside is. It's, it's Derrick Henry's kind of off on his own in terms of big guys who have been this good in the league, in this league, I should say. But I like the idea of pairing Miles Sanders with kind of a bruising back, and this would be a way to do it. How do you make these little diagrams? Oh, I don't make them. They're mock draftable. They're great. The spider charts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look at his three-cone drill, though. Does that bother you? No, because he's a battering ram. I don't care if he can do a three-cone. Uh, that's a red flag for me. Get out of here. <laughs> Dave, Dave did this piece, and it's on our site, NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com, and he's got spider charts for each guy. Chase Claypool has very little white space. Yeah. He, he fills did, out that spider He did – I mean, he had like 70 for 1,100, right? Yeah. The numbers were good. I, I'm not sold on him. I, I still think he's lucky to be a day two guy. Yeah? Yeah. I, I thought he kind of moved I, himself into the second round. Maybe. I, I don't know if I'd feel comfortable using a second round pick on him. Okay. Third round – Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there will be better – let me put it – I think there will be better options in the second round, especially top half of the second Well, for this – yeah, for this team. For any team. Yeah, yeah probably, you're probably right. It's a, such a deep class. Yeah. Um, on defense, I have C.J. Henderson from Florida. To me, he's now the second best corner in the draft uh, behind Akuda. I I liked what he did at 204 to run a 439 at 61. He kind of answered the speed questions, whereas I think a lot of the other corners in the draft, I I still have some some long speed questions that they didn't necessarily take care of. Um, the next guy, Sean Bradley from Temple, 
What a day he had. He's the Rancocas Valley kid? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. Red Devils. Very good. Played for Dan Hausman at RV. Three first-round picks out of that school. Franco Harris. Um, who are the other two? Irving Fryer and Alonzo Spellman. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Not really. I mean, they weren't. It's funny because for a long time, they weren't really a football powerhouse. But they are again. They're a really good team again, RV. South Jersey champs in track this year. Okay. You would know that. <laughs> Interesting guy because he's certainly undersized. He's got a little bigger since his time at Temple. Um, the better of the two Temple linebackers, I think. Chappelle Russell is the other one, but. Uh, interesting guy and and probably a, a day three pick still, and the Eagles. That's where they're going to get a linebacker. So Temple guys play well in the NFL. They do, and and it's about time the Eagles start to pay attention. They don't have any Temple guys. Who's the last Temple guy they drafted? Raheem Brock. <laughs> he never signed here. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they they just soured after Jaquan, but. I don't know. I, at Understandable. Least, at, at least if there are undrafted guys, yeah. you would think you'd have a good look at them in your own backyard. Yeah. Uh, who do I have next? Jeremy Chin. Oh, from Southern Illinois. Uh, this is a size speed guy for me. Uh, I don't know where he's going to go. I think he's going to go higher than he should, which might take him off. And, and there are some other safeties I really like. but And the problem with him is like he's so big. What are, what are they weighing? 221. So yeah. he's like... He's kind of a tweener. It's going to take a defensive coordinator who has some vision, you know, to kind of figure out where to use him. Um, and I'm not sure Jim Schwartz is that guy, but, yeah, maybe. And who's the last one? Uh, Jabari Zaninga. Okay. Um, I like him as, like, a late day two edge. The uh, The numbers weren't great in college. He tested pretty well. Um, and I think that they're going to need to find a mid-round – defensive end and he has decent size what was he 264 yeah i'll take that that's fine all right guys i already got the guys a bust yeah he's a florida guy too we know how he how he loves his florida guys he, he doesn't as much as we give him crap for but yeah. i think if there's a florida guy he certainly has paid attention to him all things being equal he'll take the florida gator i'd say that's fair we got anything else before we wrap this up we've been going on for a while yeah, Ben's over there just like, please, please end <laughs> this thing. <laughs> I don't. It was a fun week in the Combine. Yeah. Um, it was productive. I'm trying to think if there are any other. The CBA was so weird this year. Like that kind of. Oh, and Tom Brady. I wanted to mention Tom Brady. It's funny. I went to Indy thinking, oh, he'll be back in New England. And it was the talk of the town, obviously. And the more people I talk to who have an idea of this stuff really don't think he's going to be back in New England. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy to me. But. It, it seems like it's headed that way. And maybe it's all just posturing, but it also feels like that's another issue that's kind of hanging over the head of the league. It's like a lot of teams don't know what to do until Brady figures out what he's going to do. There's, I don't remember a year where there's been so much potential turnover at quarterback. Big name Big quarterbacks, names. yeah. Yeah, I mean, Drew Brees is back, which takes a little bit of that away. But Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, Teddy Bridgewater, there's we got a Nick Foles, a lot of moving pieces here. Yeah, it's going to be interesting where everyone ends up. It will be. And we will be back with you later this week on the Eagle Eye podcast. We'll get a little more in the free agency, and uh, and you're going to have a fun piece kind of grading all of Howie Roseman's Everyone. free agent acquisitions in March, like the, the, the initial flurry of free agency. So we're going to get into that on Thursday. Thank you everyone for listening. If you do like the podcast, please rate and subscribe. We will catch you next time.